We are honored that Prudential's sponsoring today's podcast, highlighting people who are true alchemists. I'm succeeding and I saw women coming on the job, being plumbers and then dropping out. And I figured if since 1970, the amount of women in construction has been 3%, how can I change that? And I figured if we educated kids younger and let girls know younger that this is an option, wow, what? how could it change the industry? It's easy to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. And that unexplored terrain between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we call no barriers. Hi, I'm Tom Lillick, board president of No Barriers. Today on the podcast, Eric and I have none other than the feminist plumber, the founder of Tools and Tiaras, and the ultimate barrier breaker, Judalyn Cassidy. Judalyn hails from the twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago. She is a woman everyone should know and one of CNN's Champions for Change. Having experienced firsthand the challenges and injustices women working in male-dominated fields face, Judalyn has devoted her life and work to being a force for change. By day, she's a history-making plumber in New York City, where she's mastered her trade over the last two decades while fighting for equality in the construction industry. She dedicates every other waking second to her trademark Jobs Don't Have Genders activism and to Tools and Tiaras, the pioneering nonprofit she founded in 2017. Through hands-on mentoring workshops and summer camps led by tradeswomen leaders, her organization introduces girls and young women to skilled trades like electricians, carpenters, plumbers, and auto mechanics. Girls gain awareness of these rewarding and lucrative career options along with getting invaluable life skills. Ultimately, Judalyn is empowering girls with grit, moxie, and self-confidence, those skills needed to succeed in whatever professional path they choose. A powerhouse role model, captivating speaker, and founder of Lean In Women in Trades, Judalyn is a recipient of numerous awards and recognitions. Her ability to inspire crosses generations and genders and the impact she makes extends beyond her industry. Here is our wonderful, hilarious, enjoyable conversation with Judalyn. Hey everyone, welcome to our No Barriers podcast. Thanks Tom for joining and co-hosting and Judalyn, we are super excited to have you on board today. I am so excited to be here because I looked up the website and I love the whole no barriers. It's right up my uh, philosophy. 
So thank you for having me. Oh my God, you are a living testament of no barriers for sure. We were just laughing earlier about being a feminist plumber, right? And you were explaining sort of the origins of that. Yeah, I know. A lot of people uh, always say, what is a feminist plumber? And uh, my response, a female plumber. That's it. That's all it <laughs> you is. You have to be a feminist if you're going to be a female plumber, right? <laughs> right. Should be. But um, it's just, I think it's such a cool title. And I think it it always beckons a question because people think there's so much more depth to it than me just saying a female plumber. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, I love that you have taken this beyond just yourself. It's not just about Judalyn. It's about you being an ad activist, an activist for jobs don't have genders, uh, an expression that you've trademarked and that you use, which I love. I mean, this is a message that our society needs more of right now. And it's great that you are the living, breathing embodiment of that. Uh, maybe if you could just tell us how your story came to be. So I'll pretend like it's a movie. So my movie starts in the beautiful islands of Trinidad and Tobago. By the way, it should be a movie. You were talking about that in one of your articles. And I'm waiting. I'm seriously, no joke, waiting for Judalyn, the plumber. Right? It should be. Yeah. On yeah. Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. yeah. Because then we, you know, people could watch, like binge watch like I do yeah. all the episodes. Yeah, you were starting with Trinidad, Tobago. Yes, it started yeah, in a beautiful, the beautiful twin, twin islands. Yes, filled with uh, music, food, and uh, renowned for calypso and soca yeah. music. So it, you know, just it started there. And I grew up with my uh, great great grandmother because my mother didn't have the means to take care of me. And I attended secondary school, and in secondary school. I was studying and my vision of what I wanted to be was Wonder Woman and a lawyer. <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. She, she passed away. And when she passed away, I couldn't afford to attend university. So Trinidad and Tobago is, you know, was owned by the queen. So our system of education is primary school, secondary school, and then university, which you have to pay for. The other two are free, but the next level university you had to pay for. So I didn't have the financial means to attend it. So I figured I can learn a trade, which was a free education. And I strategically thought about a lot of the women would be applying for in that particular trade school, culinary arts, secretary, uh, tailoring, seamstress, uh, stuff like that. So I strategically decided to attend to try out for the, the things that the boys would be doing. So I had a choice of plumbing or electrical. And this is, I know it's going to sound shocking, but this is how I chose this path. I said, electrical, you get shock. Plumbing, you get wet. Hmm, plumbing, here <laughs> I come. And <laughs> yeah, because you're surrounded by water. So yeah, it's perfect. I, th that makes perfect sense. I see you're the first and person. Wonder Woman really Lawyer is already taken, by the way. There's no Netflix. That show's already been done. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, so you're thinking about your future TV career too, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's why I chose. So I, I started, I went to that school and I was uh, one of the first three women that they took to actually allow us to do that program. 
And then I got married really, really young. Shouldn't do that. And we migrated to the United States of America. And when I came here, I didn't get back into plumbing right away. I actually was a babysitter, a nanny, a housekeeper, and uh, a personal shopper also before I got back into plumbing. I remember you mentioning somewhere in one of your interviews that you're four foot 11. And seven eights. Don't rob me the okay. seven eights. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. That's what I'm working with. Don't steal that away from me. Yeah. Four foot 11 and seven eights, brother. <laughs> so I have this. So, well, first I have this image of, you know, four foot 11 and seven eighths inches walking into like a plumbing, you know, like yeah. a construction site around a bunch of guys, but we'll get to that like later. But what, gave you the gumption then because i'm curious like is it Mm -hmm. it's like i guess it's what heredity or environment you know what i mean like was that just in you to like want to be one of three women who joined the plumbing program or was Mm -hmm. it something your parents taught you your community what do you think i would say part of it was because when i was in secondary school and we had type in and home economics those classes, I literally got kicked out of those classes. <laughs> and I was always with the boys. I was always with the boys. So I was with the boys and they put me in technical drawing. So I think that planted the seed probably that I can do this because I was just comfortable in that space. So I ne- I didn't feel like I was going to walk into a space where I was uncomfortable because I was always with the guys I was it was it's so irritating even now the guys say you're one of the guys and I have to remind them like no (laughs) I am still a female so I think that's what it is just the fact that I was already comfortable so it didn't seem foreign to me that I could be in a class with boys your story picks up in America and tell me how you decided I I know you chose plumbing because it's water right but how did you get good at it right oh yeah it's a it probably takes a lot of like hands-on training uh almost like an apprenticeship yeah and then you discover you love it too right Tom like you you love it and what do you yeah so what do you love about it I fell in love with it back in Trinidad once I was I was able to do it like I am in love with plumbing and I truly believe plumbing is the only committed relationship besides coffee that I've been <laughs> right so I fell in love with it and I'm still madly in love with plumbing I really am I people all the time think because I started the nonprofit that I should leave and be the executive director blah 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 write emails da 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 Tra-la-la. That's not me. I love being with my tools. So um, yeah. once I fell in love with it, I didn't, like I said, I my path took me to be a housekeeper and be a nanny, which I loved. I love being a housekeeper and a nanny. I was, I'm good at it. it. Growing up in the church, there was always a sermon. I remember Joseph, my grandmother always told us, and just remembering it, Joseph being a slave, no matter what station he had in life, he was good at it. So I kind of like grew up with that philosophy, no matter what I'm doing, just be good at it. So I was those two things. And my neighbor who lived next door to me in Staten Island remembered that I went to school for plumbing. So a little backstory in the 90s, the 80s and the 90s, Black people had a hard time getting jobs and construction sites. 
and they formed something called coalitions where they would go on job sites and demand work because buildings were being built in their neighborhoods and everybody that was there was white and they wasn't represented. So they would form coalitions and go on the job site and demand jobs. So I believe that the guy who was my neighbor, he was head of one of the coalition. He told them that he had a plumber, but he left out a really huge part that I was a woman. So I pulled up on the job site. And when I pulled up in the job site, anybody who knows me knows I drive a four by four and my seat is usually jacked all the way up. <laughs> and on top of that, it gets better. I still have a cushion. So I look really tall and I pull up to the job site. Like you said, I drive up in my red Jeep and I, um, I pull up and I see all the eyes are on me and uh, I, I press the button and it's going down and I can see all the guys' faces are changing on this construction site. Everybody's face is changing. I press the button, I go down, I come out, I introduce myself, I'm walking down and everybody's shaking their heads and laughing. And I get up to the foreman, Jimmy Nunzio, God rest his soul. And I said, I am Judalyn, uh, the plumber. He said, get the F out of here. There's no way you could be the plumber. And I said to him, because I wanted to be a lawyer, I negotiated. I said, let's do this. What if I work today and I suck at it? You don't have to pay me. And if I work out, you know, you just hired, you know, the cutest plumber there is. And <laughs> he took me up on my offer. <laughs> no, seriously, he took me up on my offer. And he couldn't believe that I actually knew the fit-ins, knew the pipes, knew to measure. And I bust my AWS that day and... Uh, the company hired me as the first woman to do a plumbing and heating in Staten Island, New York. And that's how it kind of began. And, and then I tried to get into the union, which was another barrier. I'm going to steal your words, barrier. <laughs> so I tried to get into the union. After working for them for a year, they sent in plumbing and in construction, there's a term called being green, meaning you don't know anything. For a year, they keep you. Um, see if you come to work every single day, you're working hard, the, the mechanic or the journeyman likes you, they send you down to the union to become part of the union. I go down with my brothers and all of them, the union took them, accepted them. And me, the guy looks at me, uh, Mr. Kemp, and he looks at me and he said, there's no way you could be, uh, he says, um, you better go home and do dishes. Oh and, my goodness. But uh, don't feel bad. That was 20 something years ago. I yeah. just aged, I just aged myself. But that was like <laughs> 20 something years ago. And I went in my car back in my Jeep and I cried. I didn't cry in front of him. And I went home and I suck it up and I said, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and do plumbing? Of course, because you love it. You're making good money. I went back in the job site and I kept working. And this amazing superhero that's what I call him, Brian Titora. He spoke up and he, he came to me and he said, do you want to get into the union? I was like, hell yeah. And he said, okay, I'll talk to someone. And then he spoke to someone that spoke to someone that spoke to someone and another someone. And I got into the union and became one of the first women in the Plumbers Local Union in Staten Island. Oh, that's great. And so you yeah. were barrier breaking right back then. And then at some point in time, 
you went through this shift where you decided, I now am doing what I love, but I need to now break down some walls and allow other people build some ramps so other young women can get into this field. Tell me about what motivated you to become this activist. I think what motivated me a lot is that I found success in the job and I found a place where I had so many brothers and sisters from the different parts of the world and different cultures. And I was like, I'm succeeding. And I saw women coming on the job, being plumbers and then dropping out. And I figured like, if since 1970, the amount of women, this is no joke, since 1970 in construction has been 3%. How can I change that? And I'm, I'm dyslexic. And I love solving puzzles. So for me, everything is always, what's the solution? And I figured if we educated kids younger and let girls know younger that this is an option, wow, what? how could it change the industry? Because the problem is that we it's not that we're not attracting women right now. The women come in and then I guess the times that they come in being later in life, a lot of them drop out. So I just wanted to start with the girls and see what effect I can have by starting with the girls. So that's kind of like what my mission became, starting with the girls. Yeah, and then that led to uh, Tools and TRIs, right? That's yeah. uh, that's your organization. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So at Tools and TRIs, we really teach girls that jobs don't have genders. I want them to embrace that so that they can live their life having no barriers. So we definitely teach them that. So what we do is we have free monthly workshops where girls come and learn plumbing, electrical, engineering, robotics, ironworking, carpentry, auto mechanic. I mean, like anything you could think of that you could put a tool in a girl's hand, that's what we do. And then we take it up a notch. In the summer camp, we have an all-girls summer camp where they get to do those things for a whole week. And then the last day, we take them to a real working construction site. Like literally all week, they learn about plumbing, they learn stuff like that. And then we take them to a construction site and say, all the things you've been learning, this is where it ends up. They learn architecture. And not only do we give them physical tools, we also give them additional tools. We teach them finances. We teach them meditation and yoga, self-defense, like, you know, a yeah. whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The full the package, yeah. I mean, They're yeah. warriors. They're warriors. I call them princess mm-hmm. warriors. So a warrior needs to have a full arsenal at her disposal. So that's what we do with the girls. Wait, is it, was there huge demand right from the beginning or did you have to recruit? Huge demand. I mean, I am really shocked at... Uh, right away. Like I thought, you know, this is my little thing. I'll have four or five girls come into this. But every year we only take 20 girls for our in-person camp because for safety reasons. Right away, we had girls, tools and tiaras. We don't have a lot of money, but social media has been really good to us in the sense of once we post it, parents and people just share it and it just keeps sharing and sharing. And we have people sign up really fast that sometimes we have to shut it down. Going back, you mentioned that you obviously you love this, this industry. And, uh, 
and because it's like a puzzle, right? It's problem solving. Yeah. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, you know? And this, I love, I'm still laughing at your committed relationship between plumbing and coffee. That's, yeah. The two are very related, by the way. <laughs> but what I am curious about is the fear side, because mm. you mentioned going to the construction site and I, with the with the girls, and I immediately felt intimidated, right? Because mm. when I try to do mechanical things like fix a bike or something, I just think, oh, I'm going to break it worse. Or, and then I usually wind up bleeding a little bit mm-hmm. or, or a lot. And so there's sort of like this barrier to entry where in the beginning, you're just so intimidated that you're going to screw things up so bad Mm -hmm. and make the problem worse. There's a whole mechanical literacy that I think people have lost or, you know, if I can generalize. Yeah. Is that like a big barrier for for girls? No. And maybe, no. No, I think what it is, what I show the girls, as much as I am the world's feminist plumber and self-proclaimed best plumber, I show them that I mis- make mistakes. And what I love about the trade is the fact that you are going to make mistakes. I get every toilet bowl, faucet, blueprint that we get. Everything is always different. You're going to make mistakes. The key is how are you going to rise after that? And that's what we teach the girls because sometimes they're struggling. They can't get the thing. And I said, right. that's okay. That's okay. Even Ms. Judolin messed up. Look at, didn't I just do this incorrectly? And I'm vulnerable and I show them that you definitely are going to make mistakes, but it's okay. It's what you do after that. Now you can fix it. Sometimes we put things in wrong, but it's it's the fixing it is what's important. So I think once we, we let them know that it's okay to make mistakes, they get it. And I think that's what a lot of people miss about mechanical stuff. I still experience the same thing you do when I decide to build the Ikea furniture or something like that. I put it wrong. I bleed. I miss screws. I, you know, and then I got to start from scratch again, but that's okay. That's part of learning because now they learned a way never to do it that way. And that's how I learned with Brian and uh, Neil and all the plumbers who taught me, I made mistakes, you know, a lot of mistakes. But they have to give you a chance to make mistakes because yeah. this happens with blindness too, where like somebody's just like, oh, I don't, I have low expectations. They don't say I have low wow. expectations. They don't say that out loud, but really I think that's what it comes down to. I have low expectations for you. So therefore I'm just going to do it myself and mm-hmm. you go, you know, hold the, the, the cloth. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you, you must've had that cycle, right? Where you, you like, just give me a chance to make a mistake and get started in this. Yeah, so that happens to a lot of women in the trade that people automatically assume that you won't be able to do whatever it is. And sometimes they don't give you a chance, but you have to make your own breaks. So what I did was when I worked with certain guys after I left Brian or somebody I was working with would give me a chance, they would try to send me to keep getting material. They would be like, oh, oh, I forgot we need four elbows. So you know, I'll have to go get them because I'm the apprentice. Right. So what I would do is I would go get it, but I would bring back eight, but just only give him the four that he asked for because I know what's coming next. Oh, I'm so sorry. Could you go get four more? And I'm like, oh, here, boom. There you are. <laughs> there you is. Yeah, this, we're talking about street smarts, knowing how to operate in these situations, yeah. right? Yeah. I exactly. also loved, I heard and saw yeah. in one of your videos about how, you know, like it was hard to like get a chance to actually yeah. prove yourself. So you would wait until 
some of the guys would go to the bathroom and then it'd, it'd be like, now's mm-hmm. my time. I'm going to show my capability. <laughs> yes. I was about to say that that was the best one because they assumed that I didn't know. So when they left, I, um, I, I did start it. And I think that also made them gain respect that I wasn't waiting on them to teach me everything. I was going to solve it myself and figure it out. And that I'm like, okay, uh, I guess you're ready. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, so <laughs> that was one of major. Well, some were impressed by that, but were some threatened by that? Like I come back from the bathroom and she's fixed it. And like, oh, I don't like that. She just, you know, I mean, took my power I mean, some, away. Yeah, I agree with you. Some of them didn't like it, but what I did was I did my oblivious. Like I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I did. I would pretend that I didn't notice. And I do that right now in life. I, if somebody's upset of something, sometimes it's better to pretend like you don't even notice that they're giving you that negative energy because then you can't feed off from that. So I didn't even acknowledge unless they said something, I would say, oh, I was, you know, it's my job to help you and make your life easier. Boom. Yeah. But, yeah so you like make it less intimidating for them. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And discrimination, I mean, like sexual innuendos or just demeaning comments or or just a weird energy that you're like in the middle of. Yeah, I, I, I experience that a lot and a lot of women experience that. But any woman who's listening to me and I really think you should consider the trades if you looking for an awesome career. Um, yeah. One of the things that you will have to do is when you walk in there walking from day one like you belong so i would say before when i used to first be in the job sites i always thought of it like oh my gosh i'm invading their space i you know and i shrunk myself and and those things happened to me because i was i was walking you know in hindsight you know a couple years ago i realized once i made the shift and i was walking there always scared always intimidated so they fed and felt that energy and treated me with such and then it dawned on me, these guys are not smarter than me. They just know to fake it better than women. Now, yeah, guys pretend <laughs> they know all the answers to everything when they don't have, no, trust me, they're my buddies and they are my brothers, but a lot yeah, of they times, actually have a word for that. They call it mansplaining, right? Well, <laughs> mansplaining is when they try to explain things to you that you already know, but they actually have a thing where men will, a man will say, in a room full of women, it was done. It was an experiment about anyone in here know how to breastfeed, and there was women, and a guy put his hands up. <laughs> this awesome. is really true. And he said, "Well, my wife breastfeeds the women who have the boobs. We didn't say nothing." <laughs> but that's why men get jobs, and women a lot of times we don't because even if a man is fifty percent qualified, he will apply. A woman, we always waiting for a hundred. So when I figured that out. That changed. And I started walking in the job site like I belong. And since after that day, I really haven't been sexually harassed because I changed the way I walk in. Everybody says I walk in like I own the place. And that's how I feel, like I belong. But sometimes I still get the... Recently, it was a funny one. This guy, he started working with us in NYCHA. And my partner, who's been my partner for a while, I said, I don't want this guy. Um, I, I, I want to do the soldering. And my partner was like, yeah, go ahead, do it. So I start soldering. And the guy said, are you going to let the girl do it? <laughs> and my partner, I didn't take my partner laugh, right? And uh, he said, yeah, I mean, she's been a plumber 20 something years. Of course, I'm going to let her do it. And then the guy says, oh, man, my tools are going to be really confused. 
And um, I said to him, with, I always have the best comeback. I said, yeah, your, to- your tools are going to be so happy. Finally, there's somebody who knows how to use it. Is using it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, and he loved, and it, and the guy loved that answer. But to his own credit is he's never worked with a female plumber. Yeah. So he really, he's never worked with, a, he's been a plumber in where he was working, but he never had the opportunity to work with a woman. So he was looking at it like he was going to be protecting me by him doing it. And my partner was like, yo, no, you better let her do it. But I always have... I don't know why, but I'm always quick with the comeback. So after that, he always remember that line. Like I said, that his tools are going to be so much happier that the person using it knows how to use it. In a cool way, you're educating, though, the people around you, right? Like, just like, hey, man, this is the way it is and be comfortable yeah. with it. And they, and that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It sounds like I'm hearing from you. It just means that he, he didn't have the experience. Yeah. A lot of us. Everything we do in life, we surround ourselves with tribes, right? Or people that makes us comfortable. We used to certain things. And if we really stretch ourselves and we go into places and groups that we no longer have, you know, comfortable. And as I tell my team, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. He had to figure that out. And now, you know, I work with him again and he always say, man, it's so cool that I, I got to work with a woman. So yeah. I think like a lot of times people just don't know stuff. And I, I don't come with the anger, like right away, like, why are you talking to me? Like, I'm a feminist plumber. Why, why are you saying, um, you know, but I know he, I know he wouldn't, I know from working with the men, they get the humor. So I'm always going to come with the humor and jab you right back to suck a punch. <laughs> Boom, right back at you because I'm going to do the Muhammad Ali on you. Boom, boom. That's right. And they love that. <laughs> I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to also have a lot of empathy for the fact that a lot of these guys have never experienced working with a, a woman before in their profession. And I was wondering if you might offer up some words of guidance or wisdom to people that want to be an ally that want to be an ally to a woman in the trades or to a woman in a a position that they're, they're not expecting based on tradition. How can a man be an ally to a woman? Yeah. So I love that. So I have a word for that. I call my friends, the guys, malice. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So a guy can be a malai, a malai, like how Brian Totoro was to me and Neil. A lot of men in male-dominated spaces, whether it be construction, the office, a lot of women, we don't have that network to break that barrier. We really don't. So you can be the person who can mentor her like Brian did with me. Brian told me that you're not going to be a half-assed plumber like these guys. So he would make me do things over and over until I did it to the best, like until I soldered and there was no running. Um, I was able to do the blueprints. He So just get in the fact that you could be a mentor and teach that person, and not only just being a mentor, because tons of women, um, we might have mentors, but be a sponsor, like how Brian became my sponsor and got me into the union. So yeah. you might have the ability as a man who have a business to say, you know what? The next hire, I am intentionally going to hire and look for a woman and, 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 and judge her not because of like what I loved about Brian. He looked beyond my immigrant status, my blackness, my accent, my height, and he saw me 
for me. Like, uh, uh, that's that's huge. So if you would just judge the women around you based on what they do and not, you know, what, you know, body parts they have. I like this guy, Brian, by the way. I've never met him, but he sounds, I wish I could meet him. He sounds like a total awesome guy. Oh my gosh, he's so awesome. And the thing what I love about Brian is, up to this day, we're still friends. He's retired. And then now I get to work on the job sites with his sons. Oh, oh that's great. So Brian really not just became my mentor, but he really embraced me as a friend. And now I get to tell Brian, he didn't know that he was stepping up for me and being a hero. And now he gave me the opportunity and he didn't even know that he was going to affect so many girls' lives now. He did that without even knowing that. And that's what I love about him because now Brian lives on in the fact that Brian taught me and now I get to teach girls. The gratitude, that's so beautiful. Me and yeah. Tom and you and Brian should do a big quad uh, group hug. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring him back for the repeat. And I, I, I think that he's funny. He's funny I'm too. I'm so glad that you brought him up just simply because, you know, there's so many people that have touched our lives and affected our lives. And, and by touching our lives, they propel us in a, in a different direction to allow us to open doors for others. So it's- And uh, it makes us all want to be that guy. Yeah, that, like I want to be Brian. Be that guy, but you could be yeah. that guy. Like, yeah. like, like, be that guy. Brian, he did that without even knowing. And then besides that, he used to make me, I used to go to the union meeting and I would sit in the back because I didn't feel like I belonged. And Brian used to say to me, you better come up to the front. They got to see you. You have to be. And he dragged me to the front. And, and at the union meetings, when I sat at the back, I was the only woman at the whole union meeting because of Brian. They would say, hello, good afternoon, brothers, right? Mm. And never acknowledge me because they didn't even know I was there. But because of Brian's persistence and he moved me to the middle, I was comfortable in the middle. Then he moved me and he made me sit in the front. They started saying, good afternoon, brothers and sisters. And oh, because he did that. Yeah, because of go. him. He yeah. really, I mean, I'm serious. Like, And to think that I was... I grew up really poor in Trinidad and Tobago and being an immigrant. And Brian spoke to someone that spoke to someone that got me to have a job that I make over $100,000 a year without a college degree is yeah. amazing. That's, that's, that's power. That's about the best story of mentorship, of belief, of love that I've uh, heard in a long time. So thank you for sharing that. Now, 30-something, well, 20-something, 30 years later, do you walk into a, a site and uh, and then there's more women? Like, do you see more women everywhere? Like you go to a union meeting, are there a lot of women now or no? Yeah, no, there's a lot more women now and I'm so happy. Oh, there's a lot more women, carpenters, iron workers, engineers, project managers. Like, wow, we even, we even get to go out to, with each other for lunch and uh, that's cool. So there's a lot more women, but there's a lot more women becoming into the union and becoming apprentices, but a lot of them drop out because of the things we talk about, about the culture. So I try to give them um, the tools that enabled me to stay, give them so that they can journey out and stay. And what I used to try to tell them, believe me, I wanted to quit many a time. So there was good days and there's bad days, but the days that I wanted to quit, I had a mantra of where I would say, don't let anyone mess with your dead presidents. There's a lot of money up in the plumbing. And if I drop out, I'm losing access to that because this is the one field being a union plumber. 
I could definitely leave for a year and try my hand at singing. Let's just say I decided to become a, a rock and roll singer and like my, my crush Bon Jovi um, decided to do that. Right. And, and then I suck at it and it didn't work out. I could come back four years, five years later and never negotiate for my salary. Whatever the going rate is, that's what I get. That's the beauty. And that's what I try to get the woman to understand. That's why you stay. That money is never have I have to negotiate and get 65 cents on the, the dollar. Whatever the guy gets, I get. Yeah. Wow. Can't put that. Yeah. And you mentioned at the at the union meeting, they say, hey, brothers, at the beginning, well, you're creating a sisterhood. So you must be searching out women, right, in the in the trades and 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 bringing them aboard as mentors for your organization, right? To to be teachers, right? Yes, we do, yeah. Yeah, so give me tell us about some of them. So we have amazing women like I could only teach the plumbing. So we have amazing sisters that step up and teach carpentry, teach electrical, and a lot of them what happens is the magic happens when they come to camp and teach the girls. I tell them that the girls are going to fall in love with you because that's what I experienced. And the girls start looking at them as superheroes. And then the girls say to themselves, wow, they experience all of that. Then I can do it. So we have girls who decided to be the only girl in Minecraft, the only girl in STEM. We have girls who decided she will be the only girl in the pilot's uh, summer camp. Uh, because we give them those women as visuals and they realize that they can do it. Like, wow, really and truly, it's such a cliche statement and I actually wish is another way to say it, but it's so true. You cannot be it if you don't see it. It, it and, and the girls see it through these women and these women are changing lives every time they teach a workshop, every time. Yeah. Wow. What about the students? Uh, what about the girls? Like, I bet you have amazing stories of watching girls go through a process where they're maybe scared as hell in the beginning or yeah. intimidated and they slowly begin to get it, you know? Yeah, I have one that I always love. I have two stories. Uh, we had a camp in New Jersey and there was this young girl that we had welded and you know, they put on the welding gear, the jacket, the helmet, they got the gloves. And as time got closer to her time, she didn't want to do it. And she started crying. And I don't force the girls to do anything they don't want to do. But the other little girls went around her and holding her. And they was like, you can do it. You can do it. Like, um, don't cry. You got it. And and we'll be here for you. And And then I went up to her and I said, I know it might sound strange, but even a superhero like me, I get scared. And what I've learned is that even when you're scared, you could do it while you're scared. And I said, but if you don't want to do it, it's okay. And then all the girls kept on telling her, you got, and you should see them like really cheering her on, like, girl, you got this. And they like, <laughs> and then finally, this is no joke. And this amazed me. She does the welding and she was the best welder. No oh, joke. Yeah, right. the welding teacher, she did it. Her puddles of, 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 of the weld, the joint was most beautiful. And then she started saying, I'm going to be a welder, right? But mm. the fact that we pushed them beyond their barriers. I know I told you I was going to steal your line. 
whatever. <laughs> I'll be okay. Uh, we pushed them beyond their barriers. And uh, she did that. And that was really, really like a mind-blowing moment for me because it made me realize a lot of times I'm very fearful of things. And because I'm with them, they actually cause me to step beyond my fear. I don't give them little easy things to do. I give them yeah. difficult tasks to do, whether it be soldering, whether it be welding, whether it be iron working. I remember one year we made an a I-beam and we put them in harness. And it wasn't high, but we just to give them the concept of it. I still think that the iron workers are the fearless people on the jobs, but we made them walk over I-beam. And they, they tell each other, you can do it. So just doing that makes them grow up to know that they can be fearless. And it's been proven at 10 years old, girls, up to 10 years old, girls believe that they could do anything. And then the messages that society tells them and the TV images, everything show them that they, 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 they need to compete with each other. But that's what we try to do with the trades. Like, don't let them show it's a team building effort. And if we could stop girls from thinking beyond 10 years old that jobs have genders, they're going to rule. They're going to rule. Right. Yeah. I love that thought, right, Tom? Like this idea that mm -hmm. after 10, like you start maybe being more aware of like advertising and social media yeah. and all the, all the pressures that say you need to go this direction right. into these roles. And right. guys, you need to go into these roles. Otherwise you're, you know, and they're subtle, right? You probably consciously yeah. aren't even aware that you're being shaped in that way. And it's so, so sad that society has these stigmas that they put on people about either, you know, this is only for one gender or this is not a career that is the direction that you should go down. Only these people should do that. And I think that the more that we can break down those barriers, and frankly, the more that people like you, Judalyn, can continue empowering all of these young girls and making sure that they approach life with, you know, that grit and the moxie that you bring them, I think we will all benefit. And what I love, you know, I mean, I work directly with the girls because I want to impact the numbers. But I speak at high schools and I speak, you know, I, before COVID I traveled. But, you know, recently I've done, I do a lot more, um, you know, Zoom ones. And I speak to young boys also. And just to change this idea of yeah. what the country started looking down. And we, we taught a whole generation of, of kids that, oh, you only become a tradesperson because you're not smart enough to go to college. And that was such a lie and disservice to our country. And I really believe with the money that we're going to influx over $500 billion into construction, that more kids and more people jump into this because it's definitely a skill. You're always going to need a plumber before you need a lawyer. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm no expert, but I feel like we're doing a disservice to men and to girls and boys because yeah. of that pressures of you have to have a white collar job. Otherwise, yep. you're not valuable. You're not as valuable yep. in some weird way. And it's like our whole educational system sort of is built around this idea that you have to become the lawyer or the doctor. Otherwise you're like, it's almost like saying you're a failure. Yeah. That really bugs me. I don't know why there aren't more organizations like yours out there pushing this and saying, this is incredibly valuable, right? You said yeah. it wasn't Einstein that said, if I came back in another life, I'd be a plumber. Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> they did. And, 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 and the thing is a lot of countries in the European countries 
kids learn both. They have to do both at school. Uh, trade, like Germany and a lot of other countries in Europe, they learn both. So they, they learn to value and appreciate both. We used to do that, and then we wanted to spend millions of dollars and have that wheel of the college where people go get debt, and then they come out and then don't do anything related to what they study. We have so many people in construction, no joke, that use their construction salary to pay off their college debt. Well, we really do need as a society to celebrate the people that make and fix things. And I think that the work that you're doing only is breaking down so many of those barriers on so many different levels from race to gender to just traditional positions. But overall, we need to, as a society, salute the people that are, you know, building literally and figuratively building our country and our world back. All my you know, manifestations and goals for the future is actually kind of like tied up with tools and tiaras beyond me becoming a, a better speaker. And it's mostly because I just want a resurgence of the trades. And that's why I want to do it mostly because of that, because I just, I just love the men and women of the building trades and I want yeah. people to respect us. So, you know, you talked about uh, barring the no barriers words, like you're breaking down barriers of not only people of different genders, different colors, different backgrounds, different jobs, but also different heights. So you have you have like transferred this this barrier breaking spirit really across everywhere. And we can't wait to figure out what's next. We want to work with you in the future on other things. Yeah. And you talked earlier about how you wanted to take some of our no barriers message. Well, I wanted to share with you at no barriers. Our motto is what's within you is stronger than what's in your way. And there are few people that I've met that truly live that, breathe that, and walk that more than you. So super excited to have had this opportunity. Eric, did you have any thoughts? Isn't, isn't this just been a great conversation? Yeah, this has been so fantastic, Judalyn. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an amazing hour. It, yeah, it's one of my favorites. So Oh, uh, no God. barriers to everyone. I'm sure people are just gonna just gonna love this. I mean, not only your message, but just your enthusiasm and all the all the ways that you've broken through so many barriers, including the height one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. It was such an amazing opportunity just um, speaking with you guys, and it. I just love this platform. It's so much fun, and uh, and I just love your message, like because it just it teaches me that I still have room to always grow. So I actually read your motto, and I was like, man, I'm gonna have to copy that. I have a couple of mine, but I actually do love that motto that because we have so much more that we can do and well you can steal that motto and use it with your girls so yeah oh, you, thank you yeah feel free to steal anything all right all right thank you thank you so much for time. thanks tom thank you have a wonderful day no barriers thanks again to prudential for supporting our podcast today and for allowing us to elevate these unique and diverse voices the production team behind this podcast includes senior producer Pauline Schaefer, sound design, editing, and mixing by Tyler Cotman, and marketing support by Heather Zocali, Stevie DiNardo, Erica Hui, and Alex Schaefer. Special thanks to the Dan Ryan Band for our intro song, Guidance. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to it, share it, and give us a review. 
show notes can be found at nobarrierspodcast.com. Oh,